Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the DJ Sessions Presents the Virtual Sessions. I'm your host, Darren, and right now I'm sitting in the virtual studios in Seattle, Washington, and I am noticing that because we had a technical glitch, well, Twitch is having some technical glitches today, I had to go up and set up some new stuff on the site, and that means I was listening to myself, talking to myself, while I get ready to do this interview with Maximilian coming in from Copenhagen, Denmark. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the DJ sessions. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, so you are, um, you're, you, you're not a typical, you're a performing artist, not a DJ, correct? Yeah. 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 That's news. Um, Uh, that's kind of new for us here on the DJ sessions. Okay. Although we have started to expand our reach to more people that are in the electronic music community in that sense of things so again thank you for coming on the show today thank you so much for having me it's it's uh, it's nice yeah i I just noticed before you said like twitch had a glitch and i couldn't stop thinking about twitch twitch glitch such a funny (laughs) funny word (laughs) it's still going pretty crazy over there right now uh everyone's blowing up online because you cannot connect like we use restream but people cannot connect their obs or their stream labs to it uh so that's kind of a huge thing when people are are doing their shows and they're relying yeah, on yeah. technology um yeah, for sure. do it so you know things happen though things happen yeah. that's why i have redundancy that's why i have backups yeah, yeah. that's why yeah i've been in this game for 13 well technically 42 years <laughs> but uh <coughs> talk about me and my involvement in 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 video production and, and distribution. We're here to talk with you and about your career and what you've been up to recently. And uh, diving yeah. right into things, you know, you have a new single out called yeah. I'm Not Me. Tell yeah. our DJ Sessions fans the the basis of that track, what that means to you and what the inspiration was of, of creating that that song. Um, well, I I just came out of a relationship and, uh, and I think a lot of people can can sort of connect to that feeling of, of like being in a relationship where you're giving too much up of yourself and in the end you just become this this uh, whole other person that the person you're with wants you to be but you're not you're not you anymore in a way and i just uh, in that relation like near the end i when i like look myself in the mirror like there were certain things if i like i wanted to like small things, go out and hang out with my friends and stuff like that. That would, that would be an issue and stuff like that. Um, so uh, it, it was kind of like a. It is a, in the end just basically a love song, uh, 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 a pretty common uh, love story. Uh, it's about like uh, f- facing it and tell tell yourself, "This is not good for me. I gotta get out of this." And. Uh, I, I was I was in the studio with uh, these two really really good producers, uh, one called Ole Bjorn, and the other one is uh, Daniel Schiffman. And uh, I wanted to make something. I was really like, uh, I had just watched uh, a video of uh, Billie Eilish at uh, was it what's that the the festival in in LA? Everyone goes to where everyone looks really really nice. Like everyone's like influence like the influence of festival. Grammys. No, no, not not like a festival. What's it called? Oh, festival. Oh, ED, not EDC. That's in Vegas. Billy no, Pilot, I, what's the big one in LA? Oh yeah, I, I think it's in so LA. Many of them, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, uh, I saw a video of her <clears throat> pulling out, uh, what's her name? Uh, the girl from, uh, from Paramore. What's the girl, the, the, the chick who sings in Paramore? Uh, hey, is it Hayley Williams? No. Is it Hayley Williams? <laughs> you can't no, no, she, I don't know. But yeah, I saw, you know Paramore, you know the... No, you don't I don't know, know that track. You should check it out. It's called uh, uh, Misery Business. And I heard that song and I thought, that's an exciting uh, an exciting sound. It was. It's kind of like that uh, early 2000s uh, uh, emo pop rock kind of way. Okay. Uh, and I wanted, I wanted to kind of bring that in because it, it, I, I have like a, I feel like it's, it's sort of coming back. It's like a, like pop music is so many different things, but I feel like you hear more and more of that early 2000s sound. Um, but yeah, I went to the studio and then we wrote the song and we, I think we did it in like a day. And then we had like details, we had to like tweak and stuff like that. But the song was like pretty much made in a day and then we got it out like a month and a half later, which which is kind of crazy to be honest, because like for most of the times when I when I make music, it takes a lot, it takes a a long time to like get it out because it has to go through mix and master and then it has to be uploaded and then you have to do all these things. This was just kind of like, let's go. Um, and uh, yeah, and I'm really excited about the track. <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny. I was just talking with one of my best friends this morning about yeah. the similar, my, my past relationships and yeah. what damage had been. I've now come to terms with the damage that I caused on myself because I stayed yeah. in bad yeah. relationships and yeah. I really, I should have seen the warning flags. I should have seen the red flags yeah. beforehand and, and kind of said, get myself out of it. And, you know, yeah. I was talking to her about a recent incident where, you know, you start seeing those little teeny red flags crop up yeah. and you're like, ah, oh, no, but sometimes it just needs to be taken care of and addressed. Yeah. And when yeah. you do that, the relationship works out and it's a lot better, Yeah, you know? And I think that sure. applies to, almost any relationship, whether it's personal relationship or business relationship. Yeah, yeah for sure. If there's not good open communication that's happening yeah. and, and things are clearly lined lined out, you know, or spelled out. Um, yeah. And 100%. so, um, you know, that is, um, it can be detrimental down the line and resentments and, and things can um, happen and destroy and, and ruin good friendships, good relationships, yeah. and then leave you drained at the end going, what did I yeah. do with my time? So yeah. totally understand that. And you recently uh, took your first trip to Southeast Asia yeah. to meet some fans. Were you performing over there? Yeah, yeah. Oh, we, did okay. like a, a, we did like a promo tour. Um, Cause it, my song, Beautiful Scars, blew up in, in the Philippines in 2020, right when, the, uh, when COVID hit. And the pandemic like shut down the whole world, so I I didn't have any like it wasn't a possibility to go to the country because they all shut down and Denmark as well. So I, it took two years of you know like virtual uh, promo like uh, replying and not being able to meet the fans physically. Um, so we went in uh, in July and it was the craziest craziest experience I've ever had. I was like um, you know like. When you see clips of, of really, really 
big celebrities go through crowds of fans who are like screaming. We don't, the fan culture in Denmark is nothing like that. And when I arrived <laughs> in the Philippines, it was just, I swear, like I, I, I walked out the plane and there were, there were like police officers and people were like, was, they were just filming me walk out the plane. And I was like, okay, this is, cause you know, this is the first time I step on uh, on Filipino ground. Uh, and, and it was just, it was just a wild experience going through security and like uh, the passport immigration and coming out. And then I, I was, uh, I, I was assigned to uh, security guards uh, who were supposed to look after me. And, and it was just crazy. And, and when we played gigs, uh, we played at like, they have these really big malls. So they have like an outside uh, bit where they build a stage. And uh, uh, we had some fans who won, like uh, some uh, like up front row uh, seats. Because I think I'm pretty sure they have to sit down at a concert. But but it was a, it was a it was a mall, so they had built like a it's like a box with chairs, and then people came standing on the right side and the left side. It was it was a little strange, but it it worked. And there was so many people, and they were all so so nice and kind to me. Uh, and did you get a chance to like? explore any of the culture while you were there or was it like in and out or did you get time to like get out and I get had, in the I, streets or yeah i mean it sounds like you had a like entourage of security guards and stuff like yeah well well we 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 went to a we went to a club and we uh we, that wasn't really like i didn't go to any beaches or anything like that because i was supposed to to go the 11th of july uh but i i got covid so I had like three days before we left, I got COVID and I had to like, uh, sit, uh, like go into quarantine. And, uh, but then we got it, we got it pushed to the, to the 19th, luckily. So I came, so I think the schedule kind of did like that because we had, there was, suddenly there wasn't as many days off as uh, we hoped for. But, um, but yeah, I had so much good food, like the food in Southeast Asia is just, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've been waiting to get over. I think I'm going to do this in 2023. Is finally yeah. make my trip to go visit my friend over in Bangkok. But I'll be yeah. doing that going via Melbourne to visit some of my friends over there. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's kind of like if I'm going to be on that part of the world, I might as well go to Melbourne and then go up yeah. to Thailand, you know, and spend yeah. like a month over there, you know, just uh, or maybe maybe like a week in Melbourne and then like two weeks in Thailand. And, and see if yeah. I can't go, maybe make it a month, month and a half long thing, but I'd love to go over there and, and see it. And my, one of my goals is to put new pass, new stamps in my passport this year. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's kind of, that's uh, kind of one of the newest things, but you know, we can talk about traveling and fans and food all day long, especially I can talk about food all day long, yeah. but I'd like to know more about you and your process or what what basically gives you the inspiration to make music? What got you started in all of this? Well, I've always been singing. I started making noises. It didn't sound good, but I, I made a lot of noises as a like, three-year-old. My parents they have like photos of me running around in diapers and like singing into like a wooden spoon, uh, you know, for like cooking. And uh, yeah, I, I sang throughout my, my childhood. And then uh, at around the age of... 10, 10, 9, 10 ish, I just became sort of, uh, I became a teenager. And puberty hit me, and then, uh, like, my, 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 my mind just, I, I was really, really, 
it's called challenge kind of way. I didn't really, I didn't want to go to school, and I got kicked out of two schools, and, and I started smoking a lot of weed, and, and, and I just did crazy shit as a as a like eleven year old, um, and I, I stopped singing because uh, I wanted to be like a cool kid, and uh, the, the people I was hanging out with, probably not not, not the best, uh, you you know what I mean, but. I wanted to be cool, so I was just like, ah, okay, I'm not going to do that. Uh, singing is totally not cool. <laughs> and then at around 13, I had, I had just been like digging a hole deeper and deeper, and I was just not feeling feeling well, and I was just troubled, basically. Um, and my dad, he called me and said that uh, Roger Waters is performing in, uh, in Copenhagen. I had no clue who Roger Waters was who he was I not not like <laughs> but uh I wanted to spend time with my dad so I said yeah totally let's go and uh <clears throat> I didn't know any of the songs but there was just one song that really stuck with me is that another brick in the wall because uh, that line that goes like we don't need no education and the way just like the way the crowd reacted to that song and how he was connecting and how everything looked it was like there was like a carpet of lasers all on top of everyone's heads, and I, it was—it was, it just looked crazy. But I heard the lyric, and I thought, I don't need to be the best in school. I don't need—I don't need to like be at the top of my class as long as I actually just try and do my best. I mean, that's good enough. Uh, so I told my dad how I was feeling, and I was smoking all that weed, and I was drinking at a really young age, and, and just. Uh, you know, and he decided with with my mom uh, that uh, they I should go to like a boarding school, and I went to a boarding school uh, where I got uh, the first first six months were difficult because I had to like rearrange how I was behaving because I I I I just started at a Christian uh, boarding school. I'm not a Christian, so it was kind of like a it was like whoa, okay, this this is a whole different type of people some of those, those people didn't even know what what alcohol was and i'd already been like in the gutters like oh, you know like that mm-hmm. um and uh, so it was difficult the first six months i uh, got music uh, theory lessons and, and vocal lessons um but uh i decided just one one day because I, I, I was all i was this close to getting kicked out from the boarding school as well and they just told me like if like you want to be an adult. You want to. You want to be in control of your own life. Fine. Two choices. You can go home, or you can stay here. And I and I and I like my dad was in the room and he was like teary eyed and I, I thought ah. Oh. So I went up to my room. I took a shower and I sort of like symbolically kind of washed off all the all the the, the bad stuff and and you know, I really tried. From the next day, I just really tried showing up to classes and doing my homework and like. It, interacting with the other kids and like in within a week two weeks i was already feeling a lot better um but yeah it was it was i, I decided to go there for two years so I, I the first year was over and i thought okay i'm doing one more year and the second year was just like that just changed me it, it made me into who, who i am now because <laughs> um, I, I i finally I, I was at a place where i was feeling nice it was nice people around me and everyone was being kind and there was no trouble the, the biggest trouble would be who was who was going to get assigned the the dishwashing uh in the kitchen today that was like the, that was like the most horrible thing that could happen 
that was like you know what I mean. So I, I took that two years and I like kept working on my vocals and I didn't really start writing lyrics until after the boarding school. Um, I, I just focused on being able to sing, mm -hmm. like have the broadest register as possible I could have had. Um, and I stopped and I uh, came home to, uh, to where I live, actually, same place I am now. And uh, I just, uh, I started writing things. At the boarding school, I wrote like thoughts down because I had like a few, there was a, a, a period where I, I had like a lot of nightmares. And it was it was weird because like, I mean, one nightmare now and then is, is, is normal, but like repeatedly night after night after night. So I talked to one of the teachers and said, here's a, here's a notebook and here's a pencil. When you wake up in the night, just write down quickly what you just had, what you dreamt of, and then go back to sleep. And then when you wake up in the morning, look at the piece of paper and notice how crazy, <laughs> what, 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 <laughs> like you, you got chased by a cloud and that freaked you out, you know, that, those kind of things. But I started writing things down and sometimes it wasn't weird. It was like family stuff or like, back when I was here in Copenhagen, like when I was a kid, like things that had scared me. Um, and I think that's how it started with me writing things down. And then when I came home, I tried just downloading logic and I was like <laughs> trying to like do, I, I had I had little uh, knowledge of music theory, but I, I'm not, not at all. I would just sit and like do like a four chord, uh, progression and I would just sit and it was just like the same four chords all through the whole thing and I would just write <laughs> and try to rhyme and see how I could twist words and what was I yeah. actually what what did I want to do with with my lyrics um and then I met a producer uh, who's been basically kind of forming me as an artist he's been he's been uh, great like um rock to lean on in terms of like what should I do now and, and taught me like he, he was the one who like got me to like, I, I know a little piano, not at all, but I know I can write a song with like more advanced chords than the white keys, right? <laughs> so, um, and uh, yeah, and, and then I just started writing, 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 and that got me a manager and got me a label. And um, and I kept writing, I, I, I decided to skip, uh, I think that would be college for you, but like in, in Copenhagen, like a three year education that everyone, mm -hmm. Everyone says like it's it's important to have something to rely on if something if, if what you are striving for doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I thought, yeah, that, that's true. But if I already now say that I I need something to have to rely on, I'm not gonna in my mind that'll just make me lazy. I'd rather not have anything to rely on. So I really <laughs> work because I like I want I want to wake up and like if I don't do it, nothing's gonna happen. Yeah. The fact, like, the, the, this, this, it's like, I think it's a really Danish thing to be, uh, uh, sometimes, like, so we have a word called, it's called hygelit, uh, and it's kind of, it's kind of like feeling, feeling good, cozy. It's like, that, mm -hmm. oh, I feel good with this. I'd, I'd rather be scared shitless every fucking morning if I'm like, oh man, is this going to be a good song like that? Because that, I think that, that's what keeps me drive, uh, like, um, um, excited to, to, mm -hmm. to keep writing music. And uh, I think I took away from that body school teacher, what he kind of did to me was that he gave me tools and he sort of showed me that what I was going through was really normal. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, that's just, I think I decided really like, in the beginning, I, I want to write music that helps 
I want to write it helps me for one uh, but also like if I write a love song or if I write a heartbreak song or a song about something whole different if I can just help one person through a tough time I mean that that's the success already there mm -hmm. uh, and th so that's kind of like become the goal to go to go for being like kind of like the, the the shoulder to cry on or like the first if, if you, sometimes if you're feeling sad yeah. it's if it can be really nice to um to hear someone else uh, talk about their feelings first, because if you don't, oh, I'm not the only one feeling like this. And if I can become that, that would be that's like my that would be dope. That's really yeah. Something I'm, I'm, I'm I, I love the fact that your real life inspiration story is going to Roger Waters and hearing the wall. Yeah. You know, I mean that is that is such a classic iconic song that is so huge that spans generations. You yeah. know, I, mean, I was listening to that when I was a teenager, and that yeah. was a long time ago, <laughs> long time ago. Uh, but sometimes I still act like a teenager, so that's okay. But um, I mean, thank you for sharing that 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 inspirational story, you know, and how what you like to share for your fans, and how you like to be able to just to touch one fan is yeah. is like your, your your kind of payoff. What do you consider the biggest break that actually launched your artist career? Gotta be the beautiful scars uh, going, breaking out in, in Southeast Asia. Uh, yeah, that was like, that was like uh, I was in my bed, uh, just in the middle of the night, just, you know, one of those nights where you just watch Netflix and you are up to like 4 a.m. And I was just looking at the Spotify for Artists um, statistics thing. And I, I looked at, because I knew I didn't have any, like the streaming, uh, I just go back real quick. I can see here, like the daily streams at that time would be like twelve thousand on all tracks together, and then suddenly it just it just jumped from eleven, twelve thousand to like thirty-three thousand in one day. I was like, what? And then the next day was forty thousand, seventy-nine thousand, two hundred and thirty-eight thousand, and it ended up at, at I think I think actually it, it hit. 500,000 in one day. And that was, that was, that was crazy. That was I'm looking at your numbers right now. You have 3.3 monthly, 3.3 million monthly listeners. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. What? What? And it's, and, and the, 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 the crazy thing is that it's, it's the, it's, in, it's, it's, it's out, out of Denmark. It's in the world, and that's like you know that's the, that was the dream. It's always been a dream. When I was a kid, I thought I, I I knew I wanted to make pop music, but I, but I thought I wanted to do like Michael Jackson glitter jackets pop music like that. <laughs> but I just found out that I, that was not the the goal I was looking for. But it's so it's it's a really nice pat on the shoulders. It's like a oh nice because uh, because I I worked really really hard uh, for a really long time, and I got so stressed and like bummed out and like. like almost uh, depressed at some point mm -hmm. uh, so mm -hmm. to, to see to, to to get the recognition from something you you put your heart and soul into and and also seeing that it's actually helping people it's just really really nice feeling mm -hmm. like <clears throat> awesome who's been your biggest influence when it comes to your career as an artist and why mm. I mean, my dad has always been really supportive of me. Um, he was kind of like the, 
he kind of pushed me uh, when I came home to like uh, he, he he was the one who, who helped me set up the first session I had with that producer uh, and he's always been in like in inspiring me just like he's always been really supportive uh, he can <laughs> he says some crazy shit sometimes but he's he's really, he's really like He's really sweet and always uh, he was the one who reached out to the manager and then the manager came and then we signed and then that kind of started the whole thing. So yeah, I'd say, I'd say my dad. That's awesome. really, that's really, that's a really cliche thing to say, but, but I mean, yeah. I, I'll tell you what, my dad called me up this morning and said, I saw you on the evening news again, Darren, because I live on this crazy street corner called third. I, I nicknamed it third in crime. So whenever yeah. I see the, the video news crews down there, I always jump down. I'm like, oh, what's the pickup segment for? And I start telling them, <laughs> that, oh, I live upstairs, and I've seen everything go down for eight and a half years here. And they go, you want to do a segment? I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> I know how to talk their language. So I thought it. So it's like, oh, I guess this is like the sixth time I've been on the evening news. So my dad like, caught the video on YouTube, and he calls me up this morning. He goes, so you're on the evening news again. You need to be like an advocate and go talk to the mayor's office and be a like, – I'm like – Dad, I'm moving from this place in two and a half months. I don't, I don't care about this corner anymore. I'm done. I'm, I'm moving half a mile away up the hill, like to a better place with a high rise and better building and all that. And he's like, well, you still could be a, a proponent because you live down there in the middle of it. You're yeah. always on the news talking to people. So dads are cool like that. So yeah. it's like, I don't think that's cliche at all. I think I would definitely give first round support to my mom and dad, you know, yeah, for putting sure. up with this crazy dream that, I've been doing, like I said, a little bit pre-show, 42 yeah. years. I've been, I've, I had, I've had a video camera in my hand since I was six years old. Okay. You know, and, and wow. so it was, it was making home movies with the video camera right out yeah. of high school. I took the first ever video production course in high school. I worked on a public access television show right out of high school, out of public okay. access for years. I went into broadcast television and ended up my first shows, executive produced shows to NBC and Fox. Um, built that network sure. up and then got into to podcasting, video podcasting and became, yeah. you know, we ranked it at one point, number 23 in iTunes when video oh, podcasts. Shit. Yeah. We, and then got into live streaming in like 2007, but went full force with this brand in 2009. And now moving yeah. forward, we're going into the metaverse. And so I've always been an early adopter of technology, but yeah, yeah, yeah. in the back one, yeah. my parents have been there the whole damn time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like, and you then know. you know sometimes sometimes parents can also be like, "Are you sure?" <laughs> well, that, yeah. I start because I started. Uh, I, I I went to college for a week. We have like a, <laughs> a, a, a like a it's a tradition uh, in them. Okay. When you when you when you start when you're like the the what's it called the the newcomers like when freshman. you when it's my, yeah freshman. You the first week it's basically just getting drunk and uh, and hanging out with all like everyone from from the college is like together, and uh, and we get you know we have a we have a quite a, a drinking culture in Denmark, <laughs> uh, and then there's one a day we call it's called Litter Day, and that's where you uh, like the the seniors they uh, they they run after you with like uh, markers and they like uh, type shit on you like it's like, like hazing. Yeah, I was, I was like, I was just focused on only like I, I tried to like find all the, the cute girls, <laughs> and then, uh, but then like the next week, the first day we had to start because I was like, okay, if this is the if this is the vibe, I'm going to college for sure. 
I just we were just partying basically. So I, I started. We have I think I had my first. Is it called module? My first the uh, the first lesson the first lesson uh, lesson yeah class yeah. lesson yeah first class and I and I have it was my mom who really really wanted me to get an education because she was the one saying hey you need something to rely on and I okay I'll do it for you mom and I sat the whole day and I was writing notes I was intense like intense with people whispering I've I've never done that I'm really bad at school I would like shh do like that and I came home and I opened up my computer because I, I wanted to see if I could remember anything that she told me. And I couldn't remember shit. So I deleted the whole Word document. I uh, opened up a new document and I said, uh, for, for, um, for the, uh, what's it called, principal's eyes or something like that. And, and then our son, Maximilian Victor Rasmus, is hereby permitted to drop out of uh, his uh, college uh, education. Uh, so he, so he can pursue his dreams, stuff like that. And I put down uh, my my dad's name, my mom's name, two lines, and I went into my mom and dad. I said, "Sign this," because I'm not going back. <laughs> and they were like, "But my my dad, he was just like, because I think we we were already talking to a label, and I had a manage, manager at that point. So I think it was all it was just the like, uh, uh, what's it called?" Telling my mom that I I, I know that the, I, I'd rather spend the last like the next uh, three years working on something I know I want to do than spending three years of my life just waiting to be done so I can do what I want to do. Because when I went when like when my friends they dropped out they all wanted to have like a, a year off where they didn't where they just work. I, that was my fourth year of working, so I had already come. I'd already gotten to a place where they. Some of them actually are just starting to get to now, mm-hmm. and uh, so. But I didn't slag. It was like I, I dropped out, and from like from the the next day, instead of going to school, I went to the studio, and I did that for so long. And you know, I, I was just practicing writing, writing, writing uh, beats, ideas, making melodies, and I like I. I don't know if I'm if I have any diagnosis or anything, but I, I like if I if I, I I'll just walk around randomly singing like. Any time of the day, I have you're notes it, from. You're, you're doing a pre-show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just something, and so it's also it's always been in me. It's it's so deeply inside me. I really enjoy making music, and uh, and I got to travel to L.A. and to London and to Stockholm, and I went to Amsterdam uh, for that. What was it called? Uh, ADE. Yeah, exactly, uh, and then Norway as well, just to write with other uh, other songwriters, and I got to meet all these people. And uh, it took, it was kind of lonely in the end because you know you go six months straight, you just write all the time, and you like if if you if you forget to live your life, it's gonna be difficult writing about it. So I, in the end, I was just like totally bummed out. It was it was in Los Angeles, and I have I have had like fourteen days of sessions, and I still had like four more to go. But the, on the fifteenth day, I woke up and I was just crying. I was just like. I'm not, I can't do anymore now. I need to relax. I need to do something else. And it's like, you can overdo it. And if you forget to breathe, it doesn't matter what you do. Like you got to remember sometimes just to like take five, go into the park and just like enjoy like nature sounds and stuff like that. It's really important not to like, I found out that really early, luckily. Mm. So now when I, when I, if I go to songwriting trips, I'm only working with like, you know, if I know someone, I've done something from that 
pre those trips if i know them all uh, beforehand i like just working with them and not as not as many sessions anymore just like maybe two three sessions a few days off then some other sessions because i i get so deeply invested in it <laughs> so in the end i'm just gonna i'm just gonna run myself dry uh, yeah yeah, now uh, you know you've we've done this twice so far, and this interview has gone so well. You've actually answered my next question that I wanted to bring up before I've got a chance to answer it. Oh. I was going to ask you. My question was going to be the next question was going to be what has been the best business decision in favor of your artist career? And I want to go back and say that moment sounded like that moment when you went to your parents and said, yeah. "Sign this piece of paper. I'm not going to yeah, college." Yeah. I'm yeah, exactly. I was like, yeah, I love it when that happens. <laughs> so it's awesome. You know, and it sounds like you do have so much going on. And, and you, again, this sets up, you just set up for my next question beautifully was, you know, you're talking about being in LA and, and the burnout is real for artists. It can happen. Yeah. And the pressure can get to you and, you know, that stress can happen. But how do you balance your artist's career with the other obligations you have in your life? Um, how, how do you manage? Do you make sure you're getting downtime or mental health time? Is, is, that yeah. a, is that a key factor for your success? The thing, like, you know, when I write these, when I write really personal songs, I have to go really deep and I have to think about situations that are not like the nicest thing about some, like, I think everyone knows the feeling of just like pushing something away, pushing it down. Mm -hmm. uh, I found out that if I write about something, I can take that feeling and I can put it in a box and that's like a song and then I don't have to really think about it because I know I've, I've sat and I've like reflected on it. I've wrote these lines and I'm like okay if, if I ever feel like that again I can listen to this song and then I can basically tell myself it's kind of like a therapy in a way because everyone uses music as as like if you're sad you want to listen to uh, like heartbreak songs if you're happy you listen to happy songs it's kind of like uh, we everyone you, like if you're out partying you don't want to be listening to uh, you know, like slow jazz you're not gonna you're gonna find anyone like dancing like that to slow jazz <laughs> but uh, for me in terms of mental health I think what I just kind of the thing about like taking taking a chill not push not uh, filling up my calendar too much I had in April uh, that was like the craziest month I've ever had because I, I, I had to do a television program where I had to uh, prepare six uh, interpretations uh, of the other artists' songs. I also had to, I had to like, connect to the song, figure out what does the song mean. So I had to spend time on that. But at the same time, I also had to go to Stockholm to uh, shoot a video. But I also had to finish up two other songs in Stockholm. And my friend, he uh, unfortunately he uh, he he took an, let's just say he took another path than I did, and uh, he he got a sentence. Uh, so so that, a lot of stuff happened, and I was I had just recently got out of gotten out of that relationship, and it was just everything was like uh, what's going on, and then I had my first panic attack. I have never had that before, and that I was I came up from. Uh, I had just been in the court uh, with my friend, and you know, I, I I was like, yeah, shit happens, you know, shit happens. He he uh, he he learned from it, but that was it's still it was still in my body. And then I came up to uh, the the office with my manager, and they they told me, hey, uh, you do this television program, 
it's like a really big television program in Denmark. And my manager, he, I, I, I looked at him and he started playing some of the artists uh, who, who was going to be in the show's songs. And I could just feel something poking out, something like something wanted to burst out my chest and mm. the blood in my, in my face just disappeared. My hands started tingling. I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> so I, had to, I, I, just, I just fled. I, I ran out the room. I made a glass of water. I ran out to the, like, to the staircase and I just sat. <sighs> you know, it's, it was so, so intense. And then, it, and then suddenly it went away. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? I just recently actually wrote a song about this, um, this particular, how it feels when it goes, when it comes. Um, and that was like a moment I had not tried before. And it sort of came, it came back and then left and came back for quite a while. And then how am I going to escape this? And uh, I spoke to a guy who had had like proper anxiety, panic, like really panic anxiety. Um, and he said, you're just, you're, just, you're just doing too much. Your body is not, it can't, it can't keep up with, like your mind is racing, but your body is physically un, is unavailable at the moment. I, I went to see my doctor just to like hear, because I, I am, I'm a hypochondriac in the worst, <laughs> like the worst case. Um, so if something like that happens, I start like getting nervous about, is it something like, is it health wise? Am I, am I okay? So I went up to get a, to get like a full check. And she, my, my doctor just looked at me and she was like, you're 23 years old. You've done so many things this last month. Your body is just rejecting. <laughs> Nothing is wrong. She showed me the, pa- pa- the piece of paper. She said, this is all your, these are all your numbers. You're in, you're in like in the perfect spot in every single one of them. This is your heartbeat. No, uh, no, there's no, no signs of anything. You're just stressed, <laughs> Max. And that was really important. Because kind of like what I said earlier, the thing with um, uh, having someone else tell you it's 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 gonna be all right, that can help. And that that was like it happened to me. I was like, fuck, man. <laughs> and I spent uh, yeah. Do you do you become a different person when you get on stage, or are you a different person when you're off stage, or are you the same person I both think on I and off stage? All, I try to be as much as like myself as possible but i also thought something you, got, you want to be a little theatrical uh i tend to look really 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 sad when i start a show <laughs> just because i normally i started out with i have a song called heard and it's it's it's, it's called heard and heard so it's basically like a play of words but when i go in it's like like that face but as the show progresses i like start smiling <laughs> I can't. I can't hide away. I'm. I think I'm a really positive uh, human being. My my uh, my manager. He told me one day because I told them about the the whole uh, panic thing, and he said, yeah, "Well, Max, we don't know that because you're always always smiling." And I'm. I, I am. I tend to always try and look at things in the most positive way. Uh, I got a tattoo done. Uh, only like this is smiley. And it's it's not perfect. It's kind of like if you if you did good in a in a school test, you you gave you a smiley like that, like great job. And and I think for me, it just resembles that. <clears throat> I don't ha- I don't have time to run around being sad and negative and like like that. I'd, I'd rather just smile everything off. And I mean, if something really really annoying happens, I'll, I'll react to it. But I'm not I'm not I don't hold a grudge like that. Um, if, you, 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I positive mental attitude or uh, yeah. PMI, I call it positive mental influence <coughs> is what I try Perfect. to exert positive, <clears throat> excuse me, positive mental influence or PMI is something I try to exert with yeah. a, my, my mantra is always keep a positive oh. mental attitude, positive mental yeah. mindset about going out there. I mean, it can be tough though, because sometimes you might, you know, you might want to cry or you might want to, you might be feeling yeah. down, but the show must go on. We're in show yeah. business. You yeah. know, I could be having the worst day of my life over here, but I got to yeah. hit this camera and yeah, welcome yeah. back to the show. And it always reminds yeah. me of the scene in the movie Chaplin uh, with Robert Danny Jr. He's playing yeah. this part and he finds out in the movie, this isn't a huge spoiler or anything, but no, no, after, no. after becoming famous as Charlie Chaplin, he comes back to town and he's talking with one of his old friends and he says, oh, whatever happened to so-and-so, this girl that he was in love with? And yeah. the guy says, oh, I'm I'm sorry, you didn't know she she died oh, and charlie chaplin the train is pulling up to the station and all the fans are outside yeah. the station you can relate to this and yeah. he just looks and goes okay well i like the show must go on i got to put a smile on for my fans but really he's yeah. torn up inside knowing that his yeah. friend that yeah. passed away so you know those things happen and and performance happens and that's kind of we're real people too. You know, yeah, exactly. That's the thing you got to remember. You're not a robot. You're I mean, not a robot. Sometimes in the in the industry, uh, I, I feel like labels can sometimes forget that, like that, that like or like when if when someone uh, fills up your calendar with stuff. I mean, it's nice. It's really nice. But you also got to remember, we're human beings, and uh, I think if, it, if anyone who do does like fifteen days straight weekends not included like if, like you're just going for 15 days intense work that's gonna get to you <laughs> no matter who you are yeah and uh, if it, uh, like it's yeah it's important to relax and, and, and also enjoy the moment I've, that's something i've tried to do more recently like when i was in southeast asia because there was so much going on there was so many impressions i was i had to like force myself to stop and enjoy what was going on because otherwise, I'd just been, I'd just go into like this work mode where I was like, "Hey, smile, hey, hey, like that." And I wanted, I didn't want that to happen, so I really tried to like, "What is going on? Where am I? I'm on the other side of the globe. I have screaming fans. Like that was, what? I'm from, from, I'm from the smallest country in the, like one of the smallest countries in the world. Like, what's going on? It's such a crazy experience, and I think it's important." It's, it's not about the destination, it's the journey. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Speaking of journey and making the journey, if, if you had to pick one of your songs as your most favorite one, which one would that be and why? And, and is there a thought behind, what are the thoughts behind it being your favorite song? I mean, I think Beautiful Scars is like, I have a few, there's Beautiful Scars and there's another one called Ripples. Uh, and I have some on the new album that came out, uh, but I think Beautiful Scars like has the first place because it's basically it's it's the most personal song I've ever written. It's it's just, just me talking about my life and how I I what I think thought about growing up and and yeah, that's also also because it, it's 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 that's it's done so many things for me both mentally and also like career wise because uh, I wanted to write the song so I could get rid of those uh, feelings I, I needed to tell someone this is how I've been feeling 
uh, I'm really bad at talking about my feelings when I'm when, if I'm if I have a girlfriend. I'm really bad at like talking about it, but I'm really good at writing about it because <laughs> like I have to I have to when I write about it, I can sit for hours just focusing on one line, and I want that one particular line to say as much as possible. And and when you're talking about feeling when you're just bursting out uh, in a conversation with someone sometimes you say stupid shit and that's because we, we don't we're human beings sometimes we don't we disconnect we don't think about what we're saying i mean like for, when, when i do radio sh- uh, interviews sometimes like after the interview i'm like what did i say like i forget i forget what i'm doing i'm just i'm it's just running uh but that's definitely one i'm most proud of and uh i'm just so happy that i, that I wrote it uh yeah what was the weird where's the weirdest or what was the weirdest moment you've ever heard one of your own songs play in the weirdest moment i wouldn't call it weird but it was it was a, it was a moment we were in the in manila in the philippines and uh, we we had just done uh i did cnn philippines like mm-hmm. and then uh, <laughs> we we had to and i was really jet lagged and we, we had to go get food we sat in this restaurant and like it, it was it was a crazy thing it, it's it's really difficult to explain because imagine you go into a mall and there's not one person in that mall that's who's not staring at you <laughs> and like I, I i can be shy and I, I most definitely became very shy and we came into the restaurant we sat down and we're just like eating and i i had a glass of red wine and then suddenly I just heard on the speakers my song played and I was just sitting there and everyone in the restaurant was just like, I, I just like glanced up and it was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I sat there and I was like, I mean, so this is, this is how it feels. <laughs> and uh, people, like people would come up like, I, 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 I got the, I got to eat my dinner uh, in, in, in like, you know, when you're jet lagged, you don't want too many people around you. So I got to eat my dinner in peace. And then and, and after that, like a few people came over and they wanted to take a photo and stuff like that. But that was that was a wild moment. I think an even crazier moment, not where the music has been played, but uh, right after the gig we had in Manila, the first gig, uh, I uh, like the stage, my backstage was behind the stage, basically, <laughs> obviously. But uh, I... I came off stage, went out to my backstage and then sat there for like 10 minutes and then went out to say hi to some fans. And then, and then we decided, okay, let's go. Uh, and I thought that on, like on the left side, there was like maybe 40 people standing. I thought, okay, these are the fans. And on the other side was also like kind of, it looked like there was 40 on the other side as well. And, uh, and my security guy came and he said, Max, I mean, uh, not, not, to, not to stress you, but we got to go. I said, like, why? Because the fans, there's a lot of fans. And I'm like, yeah, well, we'll, we'll just go out the same way we came in, right? Yeah, but the corridor is kind of filled. <laughs> and uh, I actually, I don't know if you, if you can see it on camera. I have a video of my manager. He filmed it. Because I saw, you know, I was walking around the corner. I could see like five people. But when I came around the corner, I tell you now, there was, I think, at least 300 people crammed up and the, the the corridor was like basically a doorway that was kind of like the big the size of it and uh it looked like this let me just find it real quick um i got it here oh i don't know if you could see it 
Oh yeah, I can see that. Oh wow. And the, here, that's like where. <laughs> surrounded by awesome. police officers. Oh my gosh. It was crazy. Oh. It was, yeah, such a crazy experience. Oh. And they were screaming like it like I've never tried that before. That's oh, that's something you see on like on television, like just Beaver Rihanna like that. I, yeah. I'm, 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 <laughs> and suddenly I was standing in the middle of it. It was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> it was such a wild experience. You um, know, yeah, that that would, I, wow. I, I'm usually on the red carpet, part of the red carpet, yep. you know, as people are coming by, you know, doing that. But yeah. never had experienced anything like that. Although I'm an executive producer. I'm not a stage, you know, performing yeah, artist yeah. myself. I'd love to have paparazzi come and chase me down and take pictures of me and yeah, but, uh, but, stuff, like, but I think because I, I I thought so. I I mean I, I it's not it's not gonna, I don't I'm not saying that like, I didn't like it, but let me just imagine you're walking in a car. Everyone from every side is trying to either touch you or like say hi to you or take a photo with you. So you're getting pushed from all sides. You're, yeah. And also, and already you have like officers and security like standing like this, holding their hands to surround you so you can walk, and it's it's like a it's a nice feeling, but when I came out to the bus, when I got in the bus, I didn't I didn't notice when when I was walking, but when I came out to the bus, that feeling of anxiety was going on, and I didn't. I, it was only when I sat down, I was like, "Woo, okay." <laughs> I had to like I, I had to take off my shirt and shit. Like, I was sweating. I was like, "What? What the fuck just happened?" And 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 uh, and and everyone in the bus were just silent because I think everyone saw that I just needed. To, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, but, when, when you're not entertaining others, what do you do to entertain yourself? What do you do in your off time to do to decompress from from those kind of moments, or or even yeah. performing on stage, or, or being in the studio? I mean, I, 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 I'm a really big fan of movies. I, I I have like a really nice big couch, and I like to just like take my uh, duvet and just lay down and watch a lot of movies or like cooking. I really love cooking. That really takes off the steam uh, because when you're cooking, you're not, you're just, you're just going. It's not, you don't have to think about it. It's like cut on you and cook carrots <laughs> like that. Uh, and then just go out and hang out with my friends. Uh, I'm still 23. So I'm obviously I'm, I'm going out a lot, <laughs> but uh, uh, just living my life, trying to, cause you know, as I said, you, I, I need to, experience things to be able to write about it mm -hmm. um so uh, yeah basically I, I, like when i'm not in the studio i try to just be 23 in copenhagen mm -hmm. awesome <laughs> a few final questions here um you know have yep. you looked at doing anything in the metaverse or in vr I, I i don't actually i've heard about the metaverse but i don't really know what it is um is it? Is it that? Is it kind of like that? Like it's kind of like that Black Mirror episode where everyone is like. Is, I mean, there's a lot of Black Mirror episodes that explains why that's not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I think they take it a little bit further, but I mean, I mean I, I'm more on like the Ready Ready Player One kind of thing, you know? Oh, like that. You know? All right, okay. You know that would be kind of the goal, but I mean, no, it's it's you know it, it's kind of the, the latest. Thing as I was mentioning earlier, I I've always been an early adapter to technology, yeah. especially when it comes to distribution and being able to have yeah. another platform to kind of set up something. We built two virtual nightclubs 
that we have. They're oh, yeah. getting ready to grand open that people could go in in virtual reality, be in our nightclubs, hanging out with other people and be watching this interview live or watching our DJ sets live. Oh, or if I wanted to stream your show and do a pay-per-view concert yeah, yeah. or something in virtual reality, we could do that. And having that virtual environment or land that you could have somebody from Denmark, you could have somebody from Southeast Asia, yeah. you could have somebody from Australia, and they're yeah. not watching it on a TV monitor or a computer screen or a phone anymore. They're actually immersed into a world, into an yeah, interactive yeah. world where they yeah. can interact with other people. And it's just, you know, we see it as kind of, the way I see it is like websites were, you know, the early night, late nineties, early nineties. Yeah. Then we got into like social media in the early two thousands, you know, and where social media is at yeah. now. And then there's live streaming and podcasting, uh, right. video on demand, all those services and seeing that, you know, virtual reality, those environments are going to be kind of that new foothold for yeah. even branding opportunities. You know, um, you yeah, I think sure. it was, so, um, I mean, it sounds exciting. It sounds you had exciting. The, the, the Fortnite concerts with like Marshmallow. Oh, yeah, and, I remember and, that. Also, you know, just 12 Bieber, million right? people, you know, coming in and watching. You know, that's yeah. just huge. It was uh, uh, Travis. Yeah, oh, Travis Scott as well. That was Travis, like the Astroworld, right? Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Cool. It came in, they did them in Fortnite. And so I think it was like 15 million people were watching. You know, it's yeah. just huge numbers uh, in a virtual environment. So, you know, always asking people if they're looking into that if they're planning to do anything with that i'm gonna check know. it out for sure yeah uh, definitely i haven't really given it any any thought uh, i just i remember reading about it uh, i think something with mark zuckerberg they mm -hmm. had like a, also they would I, I can't remember i just I, i've heard about it before but i haven't really gotten into it yeah awesome well check it out uh you know i definitely would wouldn't mind giving me a tour of our VR nightclub sometime. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, on, on that note, we're going to wrap things up here really quickly. Is there anything else you want to let our DJ Sessions fans know about before we let you go? Um, I just want to say that for, for those – if someone is watching and knows the music, for those who don't know the music, um, I would appreciate it if you want to go check it out. Um, I'm currently working a lot just basically – writing a lot of new stuff. Uh, I don't know if, if I'm making an album or what I'm doing. I'm just writing, writing, writing. Um, I'm going to Stockholm next uh, next week. And I'm excited to. I'm going to like this. Uh, uh, it's called Her Songs For Him, which is like a new initiative where to get more girls in, in the studio, which I think is really dope. Um, but yeah, just uh, stay tuned. I got, Absolutely. I got stuff coming <laughs> and where's the best people best place people can find out more information about you and what you got going on for the most part i'm, I'm on instagram uh okay. my instagram is kind of where it's most uh like directly to me uh i am also on tiktok it's the same handle as the instagram um but not a, a, i'm trying to become more active on tiktok uh but yeah <laughs> If you want to know more about me or ask uh, if you have any questions, Instagram is where I'm most responsive, to be honest. <laughs> and I see that that's Maximilian. Is that IRL standing for IRL. in real life? That's, yeah. Okay. That's the funny. And, and I thought it's funny because it's totally not. <laughs> it's, it's just, I thought about it, yeah. Maximilian IRL. Awesome. Well, Maximilian, thank you so much for coming on the DJ sessions. We'll follow up with you as we do with everyone that comes on the show. We try to talk with everyone every six months and uh, would love to follow you with what you've got going sure. on and success. Thank, congratulations on the success that you've had so far. So I know with what you have going on, it's only going to get 
more and more and more and more and more. Thank you, man. So thank you so much for coming on the DJ sessions today. Thank you for having me, man. It's been You're nice. Uh, it's been nice talking to you. Uh, Absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll talk again in like a few months and see where, where it is. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll do. We're looking forward to it. For sure, man. On that note, don't forget to go to our website, thedjsessions.com. Find us on Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, Meta, YouTube, wherever you want to, even Roku, Amazon Fire, Google Play, soon to be Apple TV, and check out our VR nightclubs in all space and download our mobile app. But you can find out all that information and more at our website, thedjsessions.com. For the virtual sessions, I'm Darren coming to you from Seattle, Washington, and that's Maximilian coming in all the way from Copenhagen, Denmark <laughs> for the virtual sessions. And remember, on the DJ sessions, the music never stops.